You're listening to The Design Jones, sorted by SiteGround, Wacom, Computer Arts and Adobe. This is episode 43. Hello and welcome to the Design Jones. Today we're joined by Ollie Bentley, who is the creative director of Split. Good day, Ollie. How you doing? You well? Yeah, not too bad. How about you? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good. Brilliant. To kick us off, what was your journey like into the creative industry? I did a H&D up at Cumbria Institute of the Arts and spent two years up there. Then I went to Leeds to do a music degree in jazz, that most useful of subjects. Uh, and spent three years there. So whilst I was studying music, I used that time also sort of supported on a on a student loan, if you like, to start doing a bit of client work, start building up just a little bit of work, um, so that by the time I got to the end of three years, I had you know, just about enough to sort of take the plunge and yeah, to, to start working for myself. So I kind of went straight in, um, straight out of uni, um, which has its advantages and disadvantages. But I think it was kind of the one. The one opportunity I knew I'd get to do it was had that support to build up a bit of a client base, I think, at the start. How did you find doing a degree that was so separate from design while setting up Split as a studio? On the one hand, incredibly stressful because trying to do a degree whilst trying to set up a business is quite a lot. But on the other hand, actually, I think one of the best things I ever did for my design, both creatively and kind of just pragmatically, I think, in business terms, was to actually study music. I was surrounded by musicians, not other designers, some of whom I still work with today. And as well, kind of having that that different perspective and being able to kind of become a bit of a specialist in a particular area. And kind of now we're in a situation where we get to work with lots of different musicians and, you know, a couple of labels and things. And so, yeah, I, I actually think it was a really positive thing for the design career, yeah. With studying music alongside the setup, how much do you think your music influences your work and does it ever dictate what projects you'll take on at the studio? I mean, the degree itself, I'm not sure, other than maybe, you know, the people you know and you're just connected with and and all of that. Um, I think generally, though, studying music definitely influences what we take on, especially when it comes to music projects. We know what's a good fit for us. We know what feels genuine and what doesn't and kind of the music that really speaks to us I think I, I'm not sure you can well I think you can but I think it's much harder to design album covers for music that you don't really get you know when when you sort of really into that music and you can talk to a band or an individual musician and you kind of you can be on a level with them about the music and what they're doing and the processes they're going through and then try and interpret that and reflect that and kind of bring something to that that interprets it visually i think kind of really understanding music's quite important there i think there are times where we've done projects with music that maybe felt disingenuine and kind of we, we've sort of learned from that we did dizzy rascal's website once which is no slant on him or anyone likes him or anything like that it just wasn't us and i think whilst at the time it was quite an exciting thing to get into the studio actually on reflection it was it was kind of a really bad fit in a way and i felt really felt really fake doing it you know it just come kind of quite a long way away from the the sort of thing that that I was into. I remember when we put it in the portfolio, we put it right next to a, a local vegan bakery we'd we'd been working with, kind of at the same time. I lodged the two together because I kind of felt like I'd not quite not quite been true to ourselves, sort of thing. 
With your music degree and also being a musician yourself, do you think that helps you when you communicate with music-based clients? And do you feel it helps you speak their language as such? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say other language, but an understanding of kind of where they're, where they're coming from, some of the processes they're going through, kind of being able to try and... I think especially with instrumental music, we, we work a lot with music where there aren't lyrics necessarily and kind of what people are trying to communicate there and then being able to find kind of visual equivalents. Sometimes we'll work, um, you know, translating, not necessarily very literally, but kind of taking the idea of rhythm and being able to pull that in in the right ways visually. Yeah, I think it's hard, it's hard to put a finger on. It's hard to describe, I think. But yeah, I think there's just sort of an understanding. Um, and hopefully, I think, I think there's a part of it is if you're working with other musicians and they know you're a musician, there's kind of like you've broken down some boundaries already before you started there, which I think is quite important. When you were first setting up Split as a design studio, did you find there were any significant challenges whilst you were setting up alongside the music degree or did you find that as a real benefit? I think the biggest challenge, but also kind of one of the, the strengths of setting it up straight from uni is the naivety, to be honest. Um, you don't quite know what you're letting yourself in for. You don't know what the challenges are that are coming your way. So when you come at them, you've not necessarily got any preformed answers or experience or anything to draw on. So you kind of take it and make the best call for that situation rather than necessarily feeling you have to do it a certain way because that's how you've always done it or that's how you've been taught to do it or anything like that. I think there's somewhat very obvious drawbacks about that. I think there's a bit of me that feels could have been quite cocky setting up by myself straight out of uni, but it was kind of more just a, a practical, pragmatic decision because the opportunity was there and I didn't know if I'd get it again. But yeah, not not knowing what to expect, I think, is both the, the challenge and, and, and kind of a real asset. Um, and then you just take it and kind of make your own mind up on things and kind of grow in your way as, as you as you go along, I think. What's clear from your work is that you're really invested in your location and some people might have seen your work that details the Leeds Creative Family Tree. You're also involved with Leeds bid to become the 2023 capital of culture. The project you're involved with there is the these northern types. How did that start and what did it mean to have the support of the 2023 bid? The project was something I was thinking about probably for about three years before we we started it. I think poor Radhika in the studio probably heard me talk to various people about it for two years before, you know, I ever managed to put pen to paper. And it's all around questioning what Northern identity is, what it means to be from the North today versus maybe all the dusty cliches and also what it means to be from a place, any place in sort of this day and age where we have, you know, easier than ever access to information and communication all, the, all, all over the world, travel, migration, the world's changed radically in 20 years. And so our relationship to place has changed a lot with that. And so kind of what does it mean to be from anywhere in that context? And I found that really interesting. So it was really just sort of a, a personal interest. And I, and I guess a bit of it kind of, you know, that whole working out who, who you are and where you stand in any of this. I think we work a lot with brand and identity as designers. I found it this big, vague, community-owned, multifaceted, confusing, often confused, often very kind of misunderstood identity. And so trying to kind of get your head around that identity, some of the sort of issues and challenges and questions within it, not trying to define it and wrap it up in a, in a neat bow and say, this is what it is, but trying to kind of 
find what the right questions are to ask and stuff. I think I, I just found really interesting and challenging. And then we were talking to sort of various people about it, and we got talking to the guys behind these 2023, and they came in and have sort of supported it, and they're supporting the production of all the work. So I'm kind of doing it for the love, but they're they're supporting producing it which means we can do it uh, some of the pieces at much bigger scales than we could before we can be a lot more ambitious with it and um, there's going to be a book coming out um in the summer next year as well as sort of the exhibition of the 15 different works and i've been able to kind of knowing that that we're supported in producing the actual material at the event of it being able to invest a lot of time in it and kind of really try and push ourselves there so yeah it's meant it's really meant a lot so one of the great things about these northern types is how you're printing some of the works. Can you give us a bit of an idea of some of the techniques that you've been using? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure we call them techniques. So we've been screen printing with an ink made from gravy powder and an ink made from chip shop curry sauce. We've done some giant screen prints of letters, which are sort of about three foot high onto a an eight foot high England flag. We're going to be doing a piece where we screen print in an ink made from uh, soot and possibly bicoil as well, all about this idea of kind of grim up north and of Yorkshire grit. We're going to be making a, a, a giant, what we're calling a people powered press, which is like a really big letter press press with big movable type that kids can come and work with local writers and we can kind of put in a line uh, and set that in type and then print with it with sort of a giant a roller like a like a um the sort of sports grass rollers uh to make sort of big a zero printed posters so yeah we've been we've been playing it's been fun <laughs> you've already started to launch the project what's the reception been for it so far yeah so we've had kind of um we had the sort of a soft launch if you like uh last month and that went down that that went down well it was the first six and half of, of one of the other pieces and that sort of seemed seemed to go down well we've learned some things from that and part of the project another of the six pieces are going to go up in an exhibition uh for the next couple of months uh up in Hyde park yeah i think kind of people we talk to seem seem to be really receptive about it It seems to get a lot of different responses it seems to get people talking uh which is the the point of it is to kind of make people think and kind of talk about and address some of the issues that we're looking at so yeah that bit seems to be working i think so yeah it's obvious that these northern types is going to end up as a really lovely highlight project for you but from your previous work what's been real highlights for you so I think, yeah, the Creative Family Tree you mentioned um, was a real passion project that was, it's been five years in the making um, of us sort of walking around Leeds and, and mapping all the creatives uh, across all sort of different sectors as uh, this giant family tree. That's been kind of something quite personal to us. Getting to do the Leaf Labels 20th anniversary box set, that was kind of a, a dream brief from on high was that one getting to kind of make a, a vinyl box set for one of your favorite record labels has got to be it's got to be up there and we we went and found a, a 20 year old tree uh, which took some finding it was exactly 20 rings and chopped that into slices burnt the slices which brought the the rings into relief as you sort of scrape away the softer fibers and we worked with nick at uh, print project uh, who's down the road from us in shipley uh, and then we printed uh, these using letterpress printing onto outer sleeves. So each of the record and the box set had a, a letterpress printed impression, 10 different sleeves, 10 different sections of this tree, uh, and then kind of built the box set and all the visuals and everything around that. So that was that was a lot of fun. Recently, we've done 
uh, an album covering campaign for Vessels, uh, their fourth album, which is called The Great Distraction, which has got sort of some collabs with uh, Flaming Lips and John Graham and uh, Vincent Neff and Kate Harkey and people like that. And we created a, a giant laser sculpture down at the Hepworth in their colder space, which is like this big industrial space. And we used 25 crazy, super dangerous, high-powered lasers to make this sort of sculpture with the fine lines suspended in thin air in haze that we then photographed. And that made the album cover and um, singles. And then we got the band in and kind of did some um, press shots with them in and among the lasers and projecting the lasers and, and things like that. And that was perhaps the most stressful project I've ever done. When you start reading about detached retinas and all the health and safety and all of that was was kind of insane, let alone just the working out how to do it all. But I think that was a real highlight. And it's actually just been nominated for, been shortlisted one of the best album sleeves 2017, which is cool. It's on public vote if anyone wants to go vote, just saying. Um, so that's that's been really nice. What about some of your more conventional design projects? What's the highlights there? Um, Yorkshire Dance has been a really nice one to be involved with. They're really lovely to work with, which I think makes a, a huge difference. They're really trusting. We're based in the same building as them, which meant we got to work really, really closely with them. And we created um, an identity typeface. We had a really quite an extensive project with them. Um, we took the shape of a pentagon, which is sort of if you simplify the Yorkshire rows down, um, you get a pentagon. We had this real challenge with the brand because they do some quite far out kind of contemporary dance performance artwork. You know, I've seen a performance with someone tipping spaghetti over the head and kicking an imaginary pigeon right through to ballet classes for three-year-olds. And it's like, how, how do you bring that together as a single identity? They've got this kind of quite edgy, creative experimental side and the accessible, fun, playful side. Um, so we, we, we took it down to Pentagon, which is this kind of, it's a very, you know, it's a primary, playful, fun shape, but it's also slightly abstract and unusual. And then from that, we developed, uh, we took that as our O in a typeface. And then we worked with Brandon Grott and, and Hans von Doren of HDB Fonts. Let us use uh, Brandon Grott as, as sort of our starting point for typeface that was then based on the angles of a pentagon. So then we created the logo mark from that, brand typeface headlines and then kind of developed a pattern library and stuff around that so yeah that was that was a, a really nice one and they like to say partly just the experience of kind of working with a really lovely trusting client was definitely kind of what makes that one i'm really fond of i think that project obviously made use of its own custom typeface and that's something you've been kind of working for for these northern types is it something you're going to do more of in the future and will there ever be a split font yeah, I'd love to get into that more. I think it's challenging with, you know, finding a client who wants a full a full typeface and having the time to do that or finding the time to do it whilst you're trying to do all the other paid work. I think, I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge for us in doing that. But with these Northern Types, we've been able to really invest our time into that. So some of the stuff we've created, original, you know, original type just for the character sets that we needed for particular posters whereas there's a couple where we're creating a full face at least at this stage there's certainly one that's going to be an all caps face with, with punctuation and possibly we'll do the do the lowercase as well all based around the profile of a, a steel i-beam as our letter i and then we're extrapolating out uh, a typeface based on that so yeah it's, it's kind of definitely something we're kind of we're getting deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole for sure split has recently celebrated a great achievement of its 10th birthday what is the plan for the next 10 years of split 
I think the same as they were the first ten years, just trying to. I think my 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 basic business plan exists of one sentence, which is sort of do good work, and other people will ask you to do more good work. So sort of saying I think, or at least try to do good work. So I think just trying to keep pushing the quality, keep trying to do interesting things that excite us, that hopefully also manage to just about pay the bills, and just kind of keep going and see where it takes us. I think I think these northern types has taken us some interesting places, some collaborations with. Um, Leeds University make an effort book um, certainly be something I'd be interested in kind of doing more of yeah just kind of keep carrying on doing what excites us I think as we previously talked about you studied music and continued to be an active musician by playing the sax how do you fill that in around your work and how do you keep a good balance with it <laughs> not nearly as much as I envisaged when I when I started out on this. And I think that's okay. I think I got to a point where I decided I'd rather do one thing well, or at least try to. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm in a band called Napoleon III. Uh, we put out a record a few months back now. I've done some sort of support slots with 65 Days of Static and things, which has been, been nice. That's kind of quite a way away from sort of the, uh, the jazz stuff that I did originally, and that's been really cool, kind of getting into a different musical world. But not that much. I, I describe myself as less of an active musician, maybe more of a dormant one. <laughs> You're obviously a very busy person, but what else do you tend to get up to outside of work hours? Largely train sets, Duplo building. I have a three and a half year old who takes up most spare time, which is great. It's great fun when like your highest priority in, in life outside of work is, is making a train set. It can't be all that bad, can it? So plenty of that and, and otherwise a bit of climbing, a bit of cycling, a bit of swimming. Moving through to our last question, where do you see the creative industry, both in your local area of Leeds and in the UK in general, heading? And what do you think will be that defining factor that really moves it into its kind of next era? So in terms of where it's heading in Leeds, I think it's it's really exciting. We've seen you know, through the Creative Family Tree projects, as you mentioned, we've kind of mapped a the, the sort of creative industry, certainly within the, the central areas of Leeds. Uh, and we've just seen more and more sort of small, exciting companies coming up across all sectors. And I think kind of the time to be an independent is is fantastic. So I can only see that going from strength to strength. Looking to the future, I think technology will by far be the, the biggest influencing factor. And I think that that'll really go in a number of ways. I think one of the big risks to the industry in the UK is maybe this sort of Uberization, if you like, uh, of the industry with us all kind of take pictures from online and compete against, you know, everyone all over the world and kind of the disparities in living standards across different countries could make that very hard for, for us in the UK. But I think if you're fostering very close relationships with your clients and working really close with them and, and kind of doing work that's really, really kind of absolutely relevant to them I, I don't i don't worry too much about that i don't think the other interesting one is maybe maybe this this possibility that keeps getting talked of about universal basic income and you know if in by 2050 40 percent of the jobs we have now no longer exist will there be something like that in place will that allow us kind of more creative freedom that'd be uh, maybe fantastic utopian version of the future perhaps and i think generally design might start to push more into the world of art more into the world of stuff that a computer can't necessarily do quite as easily um at least not at first but yeah i mean who knows i 
Thanks for answering, Ollie. And just before you go, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Yeah, sure. So uh, at Split UK is our Twitter and split.co.uk is the website. Once again, thanks for coming on and we look forward to seeing what comes from you and Split in the future. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for listening to The Design Jones. You can find us online at thedesignjones.co.uk and on social media at The Design Jones. Special thank you to our supporters, SiteGround, web hosting crafted for designers, who are offering up to 70% off for TDJ listeners. Visit SiteGround.com for the Design Jones for more details. Computer Arts, the magazine for people who believe design matters. Adobe, changing the world through digital experiences. And Wacom, inspiring a more creative world.